0: Why Nickish? Bernard pulls the trigger.
1: And this is a brand. Nickish is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickish being lowered. Once the neck always the neck.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to the Nickish Show, where we talk all about the New York Knicks and whatever's going on in the NBA. My name is Mo, with me at this time are my two co-hosts, Osama and Teddy. What's up, guys? How are you guys feeling on this Sunday morning, bright and sunny? I'm
0: feeling great. I'm feeling relaxed. I'm feeling at ease. I feel like a new man on this December 8th, Sunday morning. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. Everything feels like it's back in equilibrium. Mm. And it's after an L. And it's after an L, but it feels great. Ninth L in, in a row, great. to be exact.
1: I am mm. mm. feeling, uh, I don't know if I'm feeling that good, but I'm feeling good, guys.
0: All right. Well, appreciate the enthusiasm. <laughs> I, no, I just want to start off by saying everyone who, all 17,000 people who tuned into last week's episode, um, everyone heard me pretty much discuss how I was pretty much done with this team as long as Fisdale is the coach. Um, and I listed out all the things that I hated about the team with Fisdale running the point at coach, basically. And a lot of them are now gone just from one simple coaching decision. And as everyone knows, everyone is aware by now, uh, Fisdale was unfortunately let go Friday night. Um, kind of a surprise timing a little bit. It, was, it happened shortly after the Knicks held practice. And there's a lot of buzz on Twitter about, you know, whether it was the right time or not. Uh, why did they let him host practice if they were going to fire him right after and there was a lot of discussion between um, the players and the media about how it happened. It seems that the sentiment was um, overall pretty emotional from the teams because, uh, as I'm sure everybody would, they just loved Fizdale a lot as a person. Nobody really said anything about his coaching acumen, but they just said they're going to miss him a lot as a person. And don't get me wrong, as much as I kind of um, crapped on Fizz this, this entire season, he was someone who was a great dude individually, but just wasn't cut out to coach this team. And honestly. I'm just so excited after seeing what I saw from Mike Miller last night um, in the game against the Pacers where the Knicks lost 104-103. I just feel that everything that I asked for in the last episode just came to life right now, Um, starting with promoting Mike Miller as head coach. I really did not think they would be so quick with that decision, knowing that they just called him up from the G League. But before this season, I said, watch out for Mike Miller. He's going to be great. Um, He really led the G League team. Um, To a great defensive team, especially knowing that uh, players were in and out all the time He let players come in and pretty much work in a system where they each knew their role And last night we saw some of that, we saw players come in and instantly know their role We saw great rotations that I've been asking for all year that I've not had until pretty much this game Uh, We saw defense right off the bat, Um, we saw the offense flowing We saw pick and roll, nonstop pick and roll um, between everybody and either Taj or Mitch at the center uh, we saw Randall's ball handling ability limited a little bit, so we had him just driving into the paint solely. We had guys crashing into the paint, whether they're point guards or the forwards. We had no more switching on defense. Uh, thank we God. Had, thank the Lord. No more switching on defense. We had um, no more mid range shots. I think in the first quarter, there's only one mid range shot taken, and I believe it was made by Marcus Morris. And. We just saw a team overall cohesively look okay. Uh, At the end, they obviously didn't win it, but it just felt like that was out of luck as opposed to um, the team shooting themselves in the foot as they usually do. And I'll take this. This loss feels better than any of the Ws we've gotten all season long. And I'll say that knowing that we we sat there for the revenge game against KP. And I still Mm. feel like this one gives me more hope than any of those games. Really?
2: That 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 is that is quite interesting. You 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 like this L better than the the Porzingis game?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you why. The Knicks. Interesting. Despite the Pacers getting really hot right off the bat from three, um, shooting really well. I think at halftime they were shooting like fifty-seven percent, forty-five percent from three. Um, the Knicks were still never down ever. At one point in this game, by more than eight points. Mm-hmm. And every time they went down by eight points, I think it was twice. Um, they pretty much just. Crawled back into the game and, and continued to be tied. There were eight different ties, I think, throughout the game. Um, you could just feel the energy in the crowd. Um, you could feel that it was a different vibe. We saw the wave um, while some uh, while uh, I think Frank was at, uh, while mm-hmm. R J was at the free throw line. We just saw people loving basketball again, and it was because there wasn't that long lull anymore of the team not scoring. Even at the end of the third quarter, when the Knicks were up by uh, around five and ended up giving up the lead and going down by eight or um to doug mcdermott we thought okay maybe this is the end um this is how they lose the lead again just like every other game but they came back into the fourth quarter and held the pacers scoreless for the first few minutes and then the last five minutes entirely right and that's just insane to know that this team could actually play properly like that they did that while playing all all three point guards they did that by playing all the young guys they did that with Guys like Damian Dotson getting off to a hot start, they did it with Mitch having a monster game. Um, If you look down the stat sheet here, Mitch had 14 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. I've never seen him this season have an all-around game like that, and he did it in only 25 minutes. And that's something that Fizz just couldn't get out of him. We had him constantly, um, and and give props to Mitch, because he went out on Twitter and said, I gotta get better, I gotta be a better leader, I gotta stop... um, getting off the floor and fouling a lot, and that's what he did in this game. To um, he only committed one foul in this right. entire game. Yeah, I was
2: just about to say, just to add on to your list, it was one personal foul in 25 minutes, which is mm-hmm. unprecedented for Mitchell Robinson.
0: But um, guess why? Guess why, though? The spacing yeah. is good on the team, on defense and offense. While the defense didn't really play amazingly, which we can expect because there aren't that many good defenders in this team, mm-hmm. there was still proper spacing. So he never had to foul because he was never getting caught on a small guard or getting caught on a, a mismatch at all in the paint like he didn't have any reason to foul right
2: now to, to continue on, on on Mike Miller he still does have his interim title so mm-hmm. the Knicks being the Knicks it could so happen in two hours we find out that they're still interviewing other people like Becky Hammond and God forbid Mark Jackson but that, that could happen mm-hmm. he still does has he still does have his interim title so we'll see what they decide to do with that um, yeah, yeah I go mean, ahead. He,
0: here's, here's my thing. So Mike Miller deserves this shot, and if he continues to do really well, I think without a doubt you you sign him next season. Mm-hmm. Um, if, the, if this team climbs back into somewhere like ninth, fringe, eighth seed, um, you 100% give him the shot next year as well to prove himself. The man is 55 years old. I think he started coaching in Indiana um, in college, obviously, and, and eventually he found his way into the G League um played with the uh, coached the austin spurs Mm -hmm. ended up coaching the the westchester knicks for five years led them to a consistent positive record great defense um especially with players in and out especially with a team like the the big knicks that call up a lot of their g league players or or at least had in the past couple of years he continued to still have a solid team that never wavered and we're still seeing the effects of that right now with guys like kenny wooten down in the g league um who by the way deserves a call up really soon but with a guy like Mike Miller, who is 55 years old, had a lot of experience, like around 30 years of coaching experience. I think for me personally, that's why um, I prefer him over any of the other options. The only other guy that calls out to me is maybe Dave Yeager. And we've seen in the past mm-hmm. that there's been problems between him and the front offices that he's coached with. Um, but it seems like every young team that he picks up, whether it was the Grizzlies or whether it was the Kings, um, they outperformed. uh their roster whenever he coached them. So that's a guy I would be considering, but um, if Mike Miller kills it, I don't think I'm looking at anybody else. Especially, here's the thing, I would love to have the first female coach in the NBA, I would love to have Becky Hammond, but the thing is, she just does not have the experience. And I'm not willing on this team specifically to get another person who's inexperienced, because we already have an inexperienced team. And for me, I'm not trying to give somebody their first head coaching gig. I'd rather somebody who's had head coaching, whether it's in the league or not, not somebody who's new, because we, we've seen that with Derek Fisher. We've seen that with other guys where I'm just not willing to let this team play under someone who is still learning the game as well. She definitely 100% deserves a shot, but I just think it's it's also a bad situation for her if she came to coach here. Right, and the
2: to add on to that point, we, we wouldn't really want someone necessarily new to the Knicks organization uh and mm-hmm. Mike Miller has been with the organization for about four years now four seasons with the Westchester Knicks so he he knows the ins and outs at this point and he's familiar with the way management works so he knows how to how to please the owner he knows how to please the president and GM so he had he has an idea you wouldn't necessarily want to throw in someone new and see how they kind of do especially someone who might be new to the head coaching gig like Becky Hammond like you mentioned mm-hmm. um so but definitely the, no meta world peace get out of here with that shit. oh god no <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah he mike miller has about 30 years of coaching experience like you mentioned 20 years at a collegiate level and we see we've seen multiple coaches go through this pathway where they teach at a college level teach at a d league and g league level and then end up being successful most notably mm-hmm. last year's Head coach of the championship winning Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse, was on a similar path. We see other guys like Terry Stoss of the Trailblazers, who the Knicks are actually facing at their next game, and Quinn Snyder mm-hmm. of the Jazz. These are all excellent coaches and they all be like the Bulls. Right. They've all they've all like worked their way to this position. Right, the but cats. they yeah. Right, exactly. So Mike Miller could be that next guy. However, I'm gonna try to take everything with a grain of salt, just because while the Knicks did hold the Pacers to Score! I, I believe scoreless in the last five minutes. Maybe they scored one or two points. The mm-hmm. Knicks themselves were one for fourteen, uh, in the last four yeah. or five minutes. They could not buy a basket. No one was scoring anything. So, that's, it. it we the Knicks are still lacking a closer at this point. Mm-hmm. Marcus Morris could have been that option. He we've seen we saw one game against 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 the Mavericks where he did fill in that role. But we. We are lacking a, a closer at this point, and it's going to be interesting to see how they decide to do it. Mike Miller has had no practices with the team as a, as a head coach, so he'll get that opportunity right before a West Coast trip. So the next few games will be really interesting to see how they do. It. They have they have games against the Blazers, uh, the Warriors, which isn't going to be that hard, uh, the Kings, and the Nuggets. So <laughs> knock on I wood. Mean,
0: give the, give the Pacers credit; they're a 15 and eight team now, sixth seed, I believe, in the East. They have a great defense. Uh, Nate McMillan's a great coach. Um, Guys like Sabonis are... The the tandem of Sabonis and uh, Miles Turner was just insane. In the paint, we saw Turner get block after block after block. He ended up Mm -hmm. um, with five blocks in the game. Um, And there was that possession at the end of the fourth where the Knicks had four or five offensive rebounds in a row. Pretty much had the ball for a minute straight and couldn't score. And that was just... There were a couple of shots that rimmed in and out, but then a couple of shots that just straight up got blocked by Miles Turner. But you saw the grit, you saw the hustle, you saw a play being run still at the end of the game. Yeah. And that's kind of what all we're asking for. When when this team was playing under Fizz, um, to his discredit, they just didn't run any plays when the, when the play when when the when basketball bogged down at the at the end of the fourth. And when teams really like hunker down and start to defend really properly, our team could not do anything because a lot of times we're just a downhill team. We're looking to run. But in the fourth quarter, no one's going to allow you to do that. you got to get into your half-court offense. And we just didn't have any of that. And with just, I, I believe, a few of the players mentioned, like Dennis Smith and, and Julius Randle mentioned that um, Coach Miller uh, told them about a few plays that, they, that he would like to run in this game, and they ended up running them. And that's something I, I love to hear from a coach, knowing that he's going to be the head coach 24 hours ahead of a game, not having any practices with the team, and yet still running some sets with the team. And you see it's working out. Um, you could chalk this one up to an energized team after getting a new coach. But I would more so consider that um, a possibility Possibility if the coach just didn't get along with the players. It seemed like Fizz was great with the players and a lot of them miss him. Uh, mm-hmm. Notably, there was a lot of quotes from Taj about missing him and, 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 and Fizz saying a lot of great, nice words to, to, to motivate the team even as he was leaving. So it did feel like the opposite of a team that was energized to get back at the coach that they just um, let go it was more so either playing for him or playing for mike miller and we saw that out on the court and we're going to continue to see that because i feel i'm already seeing a lot of progress and just we we said it time and time again we did not expect this team to be a playoff team we expected around 28 to 30 wins on the season and the reason fizz got let go was because aside from the roster construction the roster did get better than last year last year we had guys like mudie hisonia um Cornette, uh, Noah Vonley. Those guys are not world beaters. And when you replace them with guys like Marcus Morris and Julius Randle and Alfred Payton, you're supposed to have a better roster. That's on paper 100% a better roster. Those are all guys that have played better than um, have played better than the guys that we replaced with mm-hmm. replaced them with. So, um, we expected at least more wins than last more wins than last year and we were on pace for a couple of wins less and that's just inexcusable. So, um, and we're seeing why now. It, a lot of it, yes, is on the front office for some of the backlog of the forward position. But at the same time, we expected more and we got way less. And that, at the end of the day, um, falls on the coach. And I'm just happy that we're seeing somebody now who can make simple changes to at least play, um, to at least have this team maximize their potential. Right.
2: It's really nice to see after timeout plays that actually work. Um, oh, yeah. and, and result in a basket. Uh, question for Teddy. <laughs> Who do you who do you think would would feel the best impact from from Mike Miller as as a head coach at this point? Who do you think is going to end up? Who do you think that we're going to see end up changing the most or benefiting the most?
1: Ooh, I'm so glad you gave me this question because I've been si- I've been standing this guy for so long, <laughs> Alfred <laughs> Payden. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, did you guys see how well he played last night? He played well. He played he well. He played very well. And I've been saying this mm-hmm. for a long time: is that. Look, I'm still big on Frank. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., I don't know what to expect from him going forward. But, oh, I
2: want to um, interject real quick just, uh, just on that one sure. point. I think Mike Miller might bring Kadeem Allen and replace him with Dennis Smith Jr. and just give Kadeem Allen his star point guard for the last two seasons. See, um, that would be
0: that would be a huge blow to the front office, just right. knowing that um, optically that's what that's the big piece they got back from the case. This is true. And You're actually you were right. It's a little bit difficult, but I Fair mean, point. I would personally, I, I personally would not mind that because honestly, I actually, I'm, let me scratch that. Kadima's is a good point guard. Um, he's not that old. I think he's like 27 or something, but um, let Dennis Smith play the third string point guard. Now that Alfred Payton's back, but uh, Teddy can go, go ahead and take it away yes. with Alfred. Cause um, you earned I, it. I, I sense the buzzing already. <laughs> yeah. So one second. Um, I don't
1: know who's right, knocking. So,
0: yeah. And, and, so in 17 minutes of play, Alfred pretty much got nine points, seven assists, three steals, a block, all with only one turnover. A plus yep. 11 in the 17 minutes that he played. And you saw him galvanize and energize the team in the fourth quarter. Yep. He still shot only three of seven. Um, there were a couple floaters at the end that he should have made. He hit a big three to cut the lead down, which was amazing. But... Um, you saw that he just really came in and, and led the team, played as the floor general, something that we saw in the first away game of the season that we thought maybe he's going to be the starting point guard for the season, and then he went down with injury. Um, so hopefully he regains that form and does really well because at the end of the day, we need a guy who can just keep penetrating, dribble, penetrate, dribble, penetrate. The only thing that he lacks is defense, which we saw in the final few minutes. Guys were just destroying him. Um, whenever he was switched on to Doug McDermott, he could not uh, track him at all. When you have that uh, point guard, power forward duo of him and Julius Randle, you get some offense, but you lose a lot on the defensive end. And when you have guys like Savonis and Miles Turner there in the paint to take advantage, it's just not going to work to your strength. So if if Alfred Payne can work a little bit more on the defensive side, I think he's without a doubt um, on track to be the starting point guard. But I like the tandem of him and Frank locking down that point guard position just so that they can push the pace. Um, Passed the ball around. They're both pass-first point guards, whereas Dennis Smith is more of a scorer and not able to score. So that's kind of nullifying his one ability. So Frank had four assists, only two points, four rebounds. He didn't have a great game, but he played 19 minutes, so roughly around the same as Peyton. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy to just split the time between both of those guys moving mm-hmm. forward. and then. But the the thing I want to talk about the most, though, and I, I'm going to have to disagree with Teddy a little bit here. I think the guy who's going to benefit the most Um, from Mike Miller's uh, coaching gig here is actually R.J. Barrett. And we saw Mm. it yesterday right off the bat, R.J. was just in his zone. Um, In the first quarter, um, he made a jump shot. Then right after that, he followed it up by driving down in the paint between two guys and just slamming it on him and you saw the emotion in him. Emotion that we saw in the beginning of the season, but then ended up starting to just uh, ironically fizzle away um, throughout the, (laughs) the season. And just because um, he just didn't see his role in the system anymore. You, you could see that he was just getting the ball accidentally um, and not actually uh, the team running plays for him. But now we saw yesterday the team was actually running plays for him. He didn't shoot all that well. He shot 4 of 11, 1 of 3 from 3. But he did have an amazing game. He had 12 points, uh, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. We know he's capable of better than that, but he overall um, was a plus 9. He had great minutes. He played great on defense. So when it was him and Frank on the floor, um, they were just really stopping guys from scoring on them. And you just saw that he was just energized out there, running around, passing it around, like jumping over guys for rebounds, jumping over guys like Miles Turner for rebounds. So it feels like Mike Miller coming in as a new coach, his number one priority should be to uh, play to our third overall pick and make sure that he's a rookie of the year candidate because that's what will get Mike Miller's name in the running for a head coach of next year.
2: I would. I agree with both of you guys, but at the same time, if I were asked this question, I would have a different answer. So Teddy oh, got Alfred, you got RJ. I would actually say Julius Randle. At the what? end of the day, interestingly, <laughs> I I would no no seriously seriously. Look no. Last night he had one turnover. He only shot one mm-hmm. three, missed it, but he only took one three. So he's not he's not mm-hmm. breaking shots. He went six for eighteen. But in the fourth quarter, what was one of the biggest issues with Julius Randle? Apart from like defense and turnovers and free throws, I mean, um, just, just, energy level, just like and, was, energy yeah. energy level was lacking, and he mm-hmm. had 12 rebounds in this whole game, but eight of them were in the fourth quarter, and I think that that's important because something that we noticed in previous games was that he would either he would give up or he get burnt out or whatever it was, he just started lacking energy, and that would reflect on his game overall and mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter if he's getting eight out of eight out of his 12 rebounds and a lot of them were offensive rebounds you see him really you know you see a little different version of juice Round he's not bringing up the ball he's not being asked to do that anymore by fizz uh he's playing to his strengths at this point mike miller will would be able to unlock him and mm-hmm. make him become the player that we were hoping he'd become when when the knicks signed him the other thing is that he could have there's a there's a play at the end of the game where Alfred Payton stole the ball and then instead of giving it to Randall who was in, in in front of him close enough to the basket where he he basically had a freebie basket he gave it back to Mitchell Robinson who missed the basket and then Randall caught the offensive rebound that that exact play if Alfred looked ahead and passed it to Randall Randall would have gotten that basket right easily because mm-hmm. there was no one in front of him he could have had the game winning basket
0: I agree but in a couple of those possessions in that last minute where they had four or five offensive rebounds in a row you, the thing with Randall is he's a downhill player and a downhill jumper, um, so he needs to have a running head start to dunk or lay up over guys. And for some reason, whenever he gets the rebound underneath the basket and tries to jump straight back up, he always gets blocked, even if it's from a guard or a, a small forward. Um, for some reason, he has no um, stationary jumping ability because um, it could just be because he's heavier or whatever it is. But yeah. He has alligator to arms me, too. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. And so... Um, to me, yeah, I, I really see him benefiting a lot from this just because from yesterday you could easily see it. They had him uh, just running into the paint from the top of the key for layups. He had a few like boneheaded plays that really annoy you a little bit, but they were less than usual, and there were a lot more plays where he knew his role, he wasn't dribbling at, a, at, at the three-point line, he wasn't trying to create, he was actually just doing his own thing, which you can appreciate. There was a few where he got caught in the paint with a good defender on him and would still chuck it up. Um, But I think those will go away with time with this new coach. So I do agree with you I do want to throw in a fourth name though into this bucket (laughs) and that's Mitchell That's that's Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. Yeah uh, in this game in in the past few games He wasn't able to close out fourth quarters and you can blame it on his fouling you can blame it on whatever But at the end of the day the coach did not trust him in the fourth quarter Mm closeout and this game He did close out and he was energized and he was running from baseline to baseline and and really active and, and getting steals and so I think, and he was even cutting in that one play where Randall was packed in the paint and, and, and dished it off to him as he was cutting into the paint for that dunk to get us within two points. So I think, yeah, Mitchell Robinson is going to benefit a lot from this. I think just all the young guys in general, plus Randall, who's included in that bunch are going to benefit a lot from this new coach because I think he understands the priorities properly and is not afraid of, um, you know, just doing what's normally right as opposed to trying to be a little bit different. Yep. Alfred Payton's still
1: the right answer, though, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I just I just wish that Frank could have the offense, the limited offense of Alfred Payton, so we would have just that that star point guard, starting point guard going forward. But dang, man, like mm-hmm. it's just like hot potato between these point guards. I really, really hope Frank can get his offense, yeah. you know, his offensive package together, um, may- maybe within this year or next year. Because... It's rough, it's rough. Um I don't know about Den Smith, guys. I don't know if that's a ge- on the agenda for today, but dang, he looked really bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, only one point zero five. Three rebounds, yeah. one assist just did not two did turnovers, not look good. a minus ten on the night. He just did not, not look good at all. at all and um his decision making wasn't that great. Thing is, anyone who's known me knows that I've been pining for Frank to be the starting point guard. Uh, of, of the future but at this point yeah to your point there's just you never know on which night someone's just going to go off any of these point guards so I'm happy having him and Elf as guys who are rotational point guards in the team but I'm hoping I'm really hoping that in this next draft we get a guy like John ja Morant a guy who can just you know be a full yeah. on facilitator and scorer for this team because that's you see it out there you see guys playing to their position but then when you look at other teams and you, you see how easily they get the ball right. in the spots that they need um, from their point guards, it just makes the flow so much easier, and then teams get into rhythm, and then they start scoring and, and beating us. So, I think we're we're just that one position away right now from in our future, and uh, and I'm really excited to see what this draft has. Uh, for Mo, us.
1: right? I was gonna ask you really quickly before we we shift topics. Um, what do you think about Dennis Smith?
2: What I think about Dennis yeah. Smith, I. It's, it's very disappointing to see the way he's been playing. I think his defense has improved since last mm-hmm. season. I know that was always one of his knocks, his his lack of defensive ability. He he was he was decent last season. This season we are seeing an uptick in his defensive capabilities, but everything else he just he just looks a little lost on the court. His his shot does not look better. I don't I don't know what what improvements they tried making over the summer, what they were hyping <laughs> hyping about there. it 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 looks horrible i like no all all jokes aside it's just it's it's just a bad looking shot alpha payton's shot doesn't look that great either it's it's very flat
0: but uh yeah Yeah. what were we gonna say you guys ever like been at the gym and seen like crossfit guys do pull-ups yeah 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 like, you know how their entire body basically wiggles like a worm into the pillow? <laughs> yeah. That's that's exactly what Dennis Smith looks like when he's shooting in three-point line. For some reason, he shoots and his, like, just watch next time. Anybody who's listening to this, just watch it. His body starts doing a body roll from his feet up into his arms, and then he shoots that way. And I honestly don't know how he doesn't break his spine like that. Oh, God. And but, I mean, I, to- I just noticed that the three of us had three different point guards that we were rooting for from the start of the season <laughs> um, while we like all of them i just realized yeah Dennis Smith <laughs> elf and
2: Frank listen so. i i he he's Dennis Smith Jr. Is supposed to be that explosive point guard who can drive in and just dunk on everybody and he's not doing that which mm-hmm. which sucks to see and he'll he'll have some athletic plays but he'll miss the basket oh. and like i and the worst part the absolute worst part of Dennis Smith Jr. is the body language i i hate it so much when he like the entire stadium, all of New York, can see him upset when he's going yeah. back to going back to the bench, not looking happy. He he has to stop doing that. He has to stop being a little baby about mm-hmm. whenever things aren't going his way. That like like he's 21 years old at this point. He's he's been in the business for three seasons now. There's no yeah. there's no there's no need for that bottle. If if things aren't going well, then you 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 practice. You show it later on that you're you're taking extra shots on the court whatever the case, you, but you can't, you, the
0: body language has to stop. Yeah, even the body language on the court, when he's on defense, it's just, he's just walking around, and I never want to, like, get in your defensive stance, but mm-hmm. the other thing is that's a great part on, on Mike Miller, because he once he saw that kind of body language, he pulled yep. him right away. Right. He did the same thing with Julius Randle, which we've never seen Fiz do at all, mm-hmm. and so um, he's pulling guys when they're not doing their job properly, and that's just amazing to see from a guy who's just getting his first gig as a head coach in the NBA. He's not somebody with um, like a lot of experience that, that players will be fearful of. He's just somebody who's coming in as the interim right now and still pulling guys who are supposed to be the marquee stars in this team. Right. So with that being said, uh, let's take our first break uh, and get a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Miller Heavy. When you're hanging with the boys on a Saturday night, watching a Knicks game, make sure to grab yourself a can of Miller Heavy. None of that light stuff. We here at Nickish F with Miller Heavy. With our new sweet, refreshing taste, you can forget about missing on that Bud Light, and you can crack open a can of that good stuff. This new formula comes with reduced fizz, (laughs) so you can enjoy the game like the dog you are. Miller Heavy, enjoy responsibly.
1: Wow. Wow. Miller heavy. Just keep getting fed. <laughs> I,
0: I mean, like, honestly, I'm overwhelmed. A lot of these guys are coming to me saying, like, we really want to do uh, a partnership with your, with your, with your podcast, and they just come to me with all these <laughs> ironically similar names to players and teams. <laughs> it's weird how that um, works. That we're working Yeah, with. it's it's crazy, but life is like that, man. Life is just like that, and this is why we play. This is why we do this.
1: Yeah, the fizz was a problem. Like that's always been a problem, just fizz related mm-hmm. things. So it's nice that's not there. I'm glad, yeah, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad to see that's changed.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's taken me a while to get over the bud, but, you know. Uh, we're, yeah. we're yeah.
1: All
0: right. All right, and we are back. Um,
2: the next game for the New York Knicks against is against the Portland Trailblazers, who have a particular player who I think we're all a little familiar with, who I think has been the best story of the, of the NBA
0: this season. Yes, C.J. McCollum. <laughs> that guy. i always Baysmore. wanted him on this team. <laughs> no, but seriously, yeah, Melo. I mean, all right. So, there's people in two camps right now for Knicks fans, right? Guys who are salty and bitter about Melo and really did not want him to get a second chance in the league and wanted him to uh, fizzle out. I don't know how many times we're gonna say that <laughs> in this episode, but and there's other guys who I'm I'm seeing a lot of now, like the majority of people who are really rooting for this guy and, and hoping that he continues to dog for the Blazers so that they can uh, do really well in the playoffs. What I don't like, though, is the rest of the media that constantly have shot on Melo for year after year. Now, all of a sudden, I'm standing behind him and and acting like they've always wanted um, him to just have this resurgence like they've had Mm -hmm. now. Because the media clowned him um, with the Rockets. The media clowned him with the Thunder. And so, uh, for me, I'm just a little bit annoyed by that. I've never been a huge personal fan of Melo, but it's nice to see him come into the Blazers because I have been... The Blazers have been my Western team that I enjoy watching because I love guys like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, um, so it's really nice to watch um, them who are missing a, f- a small forward get somebody like Carmelo who's playing in his rhythm right now. Again, he's not a world beater, he's, um, he's he's doing well, he's scoring, he's playing efficiently, which he hasn't done in the past few years, and I'm just really excited for him, man. Like It's, it's, it's fun to watch, it's fun to see him in the West, it's fun to see him compete, it's fun to get clips of him on Instagram, just screaming "fuck out of here" when he gets a rebound <laughs> and running back up the court. Um, it, it's just a it's a good thing to see because it it would have really been bad for his career if he had, um, you know, had the career that he had, um, destined Hall of Famer, and then just really kind of. Um, I literally don't have another word for this, but fizzle out at the end of his career like that. and, and You're really using those, uh, you're really using I, I those just, up, just I need man. to get them all out yeah. before it's irrelevant anymore. <laughs> so uh, it, it would have been really embarrassing um, on, his, uh, on, on all of his fans' part to watch him go away like that. So I'm really happy that he has this um, um, for hopefully a few seasons. And we saw uh, a, a week or two ago he got his contract um, guaranteed for this year. So that's great. Yeah. I think going into this game, though, if we see him on R.J. Barrett, that's going to be exciting to watch. We have our young star against our previous star, and it's going to be fun to watch them go back and forth at each other one-on-one. Obviously, we're going to get torched by Damian Lillard because we've never not been torched by Damian Lillard, Um, but I'm hoping that at least Frank can can contain him a little bit. And then you got um, Hassan Whiteside, who I hate to the core of myself, (laughs) and... (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've been someone who's uh, against the Hassan Whiteside bandwagon from, from when he had his monster year and everybody wanted to max him out. I've never liked him as a player. I always knew that he was slow, sluggish, um, does not give full effort unless it's his contract year. And that's kind of what he's doing right now with the Blazers. So I'm very wary of a guy in his contract year. But at the end of the day, as long as we can take advantage of that, I think guys like Julius Randle are going to be able to take advantage of the fact that um, you know, Whiteside is just he's looking for shot blocks as opposed to getting out there and and um, really, contesting players. Yeah,
1: and credit uh, Mello for his game because he's been he's been ready when this opportunity, you know, around, like came up, and mm-hmm. he's been playing very well for a guy who they essentially just picked up as like, you know, just an insurance policy after their main guys went down with injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to see. Um, you know, I, I haven't been the biggest Mello fan from his time with the Knicks. I really think he was underwhelming. In many aspects, but you know, I never wanted this guy to just fizzle out of the league. That's kind of really sad. Mm. Um, So I'm glad that he's getting you know his his opportunity to play for another championship. Uh, The Blazers, you know, when they get all those guys back from injury, um, I think they could be a real player in in the playoffs. You know, like a a good team. Um, So we'll see. You know, the 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 West is just wide open with the Warriors gone, and that's refreshing. So. Hopefully, you know, I know the Lakers are probably going to be going to the finals. But, you know, don't count the Blazers out.
0: You never yeah. know with uh, Dane. Well, me yeah. Ice cold Dame. yeah, me
2: personally, I've always been a huge fan of, of Melo, even since his Nuggets days. And I was so excited when he was traded to the Knicks. Uh, not really thinking about the fact that we probably could have gotten him the summer after. But that's neither here nor there. His his percentages are higher than, than his career averages, minus a field goal. Uh, I'm just looking at it right now. He has three percent just almost 40%, while his career is about 35%. Free throw is shooting at a clip of 86%. That's that's amazing to see for a guy who was basically blackballed out of the NBA for over a year at this point. And um, it, it was disappointing to see LeBron not make it. Like, LeBron could sign any player that he wants on, on sale the Lakers, and he didn't go for Carmelo. I'm always going to hold that against LeBron. Um, he should have done it. I just it.
1: feel like that wouldn't work, though. That fit. I don't know about that. Minus the yeah, fit, it's just
2: it's just getting your boy a job, you know. Forget forget right. forget the fit. Melo just wanted to be in the NBA, and LeBron had the power to do it. And
0: I'm just yeah, I'm glad for him. It's on this team right. though, because you see when he's on teams with guys who are playing the other forward positions, who are also ball dominant players, it just doesn't work out. Right. Um, he can't play next to a guy like Paul George. He can't play next to a guy like LeBron. He needs a system where, um, a lot of the scoring is coming from the point guards. because um, you saw like he. He he does play well with, uh, in, in, in on teams where the spacing is really great. And when you have um, Hassan Whiteside camped out in the paint and, and every other player at the three point line, it's really good for Melo to just drive in, get his mid range shots, uh, headbutt the ball out of bounds, do his thing. You know? Right. And sure. I've always been a Dame fan. Um, I was rooting
1: for
2: the Blazers last season. This season, I would like to see them come out of the West, if not if not the Clippers, um, and. You know, I Dame is Dame is hands down. I think one of the best players in the NBA, and I think he he deserves more than than he's been getting so far. So, uh, predictions. Do you guys think the Knicks will beat the
0: Blazers in Portland? No. <laughs> um, they do play better on the road. I will say, I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. I think because of the fact that Dame always tortures us, and then Melo will one hundred percent want to torch us too I think it's a loss but I think it's a close loss mm, I don't know I'm not that optimistic um Damian
1: Lillard is better than pretty much every single player we have CJ McCollum is better than every single player we have it's I think it's gonna be a rough night actually um it's gonna be this team's what second game under a new coach uh, not gonna be home so there's not gonna be any you know home crowd advantage um mm-hmm. I don't know and uh might be a mess but we'll have
0: away Frank we'll have away team Frank
1: mm-hmm Weight Team Frank is great, but I just don't know. I just don't know. I think I'm expecting the worst.
0: The other thing is, while the Blazers are an amazing team, we somehow always play them close, no matter what. Like they're one of those teams where, like them and the Spurs, we somehow always play them close, no matter what. Um, so I have a little bit of hope. I don't know, but I'm I'm just an optimist and I'm feeling good. We have a new coach. Uh, I'm just gonna question yeah. for you, Osama.
2: Since I know you, you are. I feel like you're a bigger Frank fan than Teddy and I both are, even though we're both big Frank fans. How would you start feeling if Mike Miller, aver- like, Frank starts to average close to 15 to 16 minutes per game uh, on the court, and Elford starts getting
0: about 30 to, let's say, like, the, you know, like 30 minutes? Yeah, then uh, I'm bringing Fizz back. <laughs> what? No no, 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 no. No, I mean, as mu- like I just said, I, as, much, <laughs> as much as I love Frank, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. Like, that. I gagged when I said that. But, honestly, as much as I love Frank, Right now, he's not absolutely killing it anymore. He was doing like, amazing a few weeks ago, and right now he's kind of tapered off a little bit. So I don't mind if Alfred Payton's playing and we're actually getting good uh, results out of him. For me, at the end of the day, as much as I love any individual player, I, I like the team more. Mm-hmm. And I'm with the coach as long as the team is playing to their strengths. Uh, if the coach is not benching guys who deserve to be benched, that's a whole different story, and that's why I had issue with Fizz and why I'd rather him just play the young guys instead of whatever hell he was doing. But if uh, Miller continues to coach well and the rotations are good and Frank is still getting minutes and all the playing time is deserved from all the players, I absolutely don't mind. Even if my favorite is Frank, I absolutely don't mind because at that point, it's just it actually is a definition of keep what you kill as opposed to what Fizz is running. Right. And Teddy, what are your thoughts on Kevin
1: Knox right now? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think Kevin Knox is, is being like forgotten by a lot of Knicks fans. Like we, we're so fascinated with RJ, we forget that Knox is just in his second year. Um obviously he's gotta improve a lot, um, in terms of his defensive game. Um we did see some effort from him yesterday, which was promising. Um he's a great three point shooter. I just feel like um, you know, he's gonna be a project, he's gonna be a guy that you have to really develop and make sure that he, you know, grows into a complete player. Um, I think Kevin Knox deserves to still play, but his his role is definitely going to be you know 15 minutes a game kind of um, until he really shows that he can be a complete player. Um, I yeah. don't know. He's 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 got a long way to go. Um, that's sad because we always end up drafting these guys who are projects and then we give up on them way too quick. Mm-hmm. Which I'm very I'm very afraid that we're gonna panic on Kevin Knox yes. and just trade him away.
0: Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I want is selling low on anybody. Exactly. And that includes guys who I'm not even fully on board with, like Dennis Smith. Right. Don't sell him. Like, don't trade him now. There's just, there's just absolutely no point of that. As much as I want him to, not really be on this team anymore. I, no personal like feelings toward him or anything. But I just don't feel like he brings it much to the table. As much as I, don't care about him being on this team. I would. The last thing I want is a poor business decision like trading low on anybody. Um, so the only guy I really want off this team ASAP is Bobby Portis. And yes. and I think I, I think the trading aspect is a big elephant in the room, especially
2: right now. I think Steve Mills and Scott Perry are feeling that pressure from James Dolan right now that their jobs mm-hmm. are on the line. And Good point. when you're when you're under that pressure, you don't always make sound decisions. And they might start to feel like they need to be in that win now mode, and they need to get some wins out. And they might they might trade some of our young pieces to get a guy like Demar Derozan or. No. A guy like, oh, you know, fucking, uh, I'm blacking out on, on on a few names, but there there are guys out there that are like DeMar Rosen, who are 30 to 32 years old who are great right now. They're not going to be great in two years, and I I have that worry. I know you guys both agree with me that we might end up trading our young asses for guys like that or maybe two guys like that.
0: Yeah, no, that, that would be the worst-case scenario, so. I'm just praying that Messiah comes here. I don't know, <laughs> like that's the longest shot possible. But I- I- I'm praying that Dolan just throws money out there and-, and reels in one of these great GMs so that we can actually yeah. overhaul the entire front office. I thought yeah, you said Ma- 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 I thought you said
2: Messiah. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you need. gotten?
1: The- <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Daryl Morey, guys? Because we know that he- whole situation with Houston um really was was kind of weird this this off season. So he might be available. He might really be available.
0: I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. Mm, that yeah. is interesting. To go from yeah. a guy saying, take that for data, to <laughs> getting <laughs> a guy who em- em- embellishes data and, <laughs> and just loves statistics, that would be an insane turnaround.
1: Yeah, exactly. I would love that too. Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: So that I think we're going to end up wrapping this episode up. The next four games are in the West, and by the time you hear our next episode, we're going to hear about four games, and we'll see, we'll see how they go. Uh, two of them might be blowouts they might all be close we'll we'll have to see how new interim head coach Mike Miller does and um, and yeah it looks like it looks like you know we' we're, we're, we're trending upwards
0: but you know knock on wood knock on wood my friend I'm excited I'm happy I hope everybody else is excited I hope everybody else is here to watch a new team entirely get some more wins under the belt and finally look like uh, not like an embarrassment in this league.
1: That's the goal here. <laughs> not,
0: not being <laughs> embarrassed, man.
2: Just please.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, with that being said, uh, to all the listeners, thank you guys for listening to another edition of the Nickish Show. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Nickish Show. Subscribe on YouTube, at Nickish Show. And uh, look out for our website that's coming up shortly. And... Tune in for our episode next week. Uh, yeah.
1: All
0: right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All it right. It was fun. Thanks, nice guys. Nice with you guys again, as usual. Hopefully, three more wins under the books before we chat again. <laughs> Peace, guys. Peace. See ya.